Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. And thank you so much to Code Red and all of our sponsors of which you will hear from during this episode for helping make this season just a little bit lighter on us, honestly. I mean, it was super great working with all of these guys. So, you know, shout out to Cody, obviously, of Code Red. Shout out to Coach Vaz of Mad Skills RB1 Training. Shout out to Jesse for bringing the ideas and hooking it up with those swag bags for, you know, that award and whatnot and for being a sponsor of the show. And also shout out to my guy, Alex, as well. All those guys are, I'm so glad that I got to know them a little bit more over the season. And I'm so thankful to just know them in general and talk ball with them and kind of work towards common goals here, at least as far as promoting Colorado football and providing resources to help athletes achieve, you know, those looks or, you know, that recognition heading forward and those next levels and whatnot. So thank you guys so much for all of your work this season. And, you know, speaking of work this season here, we have a very special episode. This is probably going to be a consistent thing whenever we get to the end of a season. It's kind of like a reaction episode, but a little bit more special and a little treat for the holiday season here where we talk about our favorite moments. Each one of us has recorded a segment here and then we where we talk about our five favorite moments from the Colorado football season. And this one there's going to be some overlap between fellas here as there were some overlap of games and interactions that we had and some really cool stuff that we got to see. And yeah, I'm just very excited to A, hear what the other fellas had to say. That's Gideon, Gino, Coach V, and myself. And very excited to share this all with you and really put a bow on talking about the 23 season as a season and get you all ready for our top five series as well that's coming up next by getting into the habit about talking about top five. And for this one, we're doing moments and eventually we'll be doing seniors um, at each position that we have. So very excited to talk about all this. Very excited to hear what the other guys have to say. And yes, thank you so much, all of you, for your support, the likes, the follows. Keep sharing us with all your pals and go ahead Kick back, relax, grab some popcorn if you'd like, and go ahead and listen to our favorite moments from this season. And we're going to start off first with Gino. What is going on, everybody? Gino here, and after an awesome 2023 Colorado high school football season, it is now time to give you all my five favorite memories from all the games I attended throughout the year. I saw a lot of blowouts this year, but there are a lot of very good games sprinkled in there for sure, especially towards the end of the year and in the playoffs. It was super hard to slim it down to five memories, but the ones I chose are the games that I felt are the ones that define what Colorado football is all about. Starting off with the 
fifth favorite memory of the season for me. I decided to go with seeing Legend take down Pine Creek in Week 8. This game reaffirmed Legend's championship aspirations and proved that they are still going to be a big threat this season. And then Pine Creek probably would have been the two seed heading into playoffs had they won this game, but they instead got put on the Cherry Creek, Roston Valley side of the bracket, and we all know how that went. Um, Jane Lawrence also actually went completely ballistic in this game too and was a massive reason why a legend was able to take down the number two team in the state. For my fourth favorite memory of the season, I'm going to go with getting to see both the 1A and 3A state championships in back-to-back weeks in Pueblo at the Thunder Bowl and just getting to talk with some of the key players in those games. Gideon and I got to witness one of the best teams that Lyman has ever had as far as talent goes to get their 22nd state championship. And then Simon and I in the following week got to see Holy Family flat out dominate Lutheran to get their first state championship in the 3A classification. Getting to hear Coach Michael Dwyer give some insight into what went into their championship season was super cool. And then getting to hear from the MVP of both of those games and uh, what went into their big performances was awesome as well. Coach O'Dwyer is an absolute legend here in the state of Colorado, so it was really cool for him to take the time to briefly talk to me and Gideon after the game. My third favorite memory of the season was traveling deep into the mountains to get to see Eaton get a game-winning touchdown to beat Pagosa Springs to head to the semifinals as a 15 seed. This win was capped off with Connor Davey hitting Alex Lloyd for a crazy clutch touchdown with under two minutes left to put away Pagosa Springs. This was one of those games where I thought Pagosa was finally going to get over the hump and get to their first Final Four appearance in this century, but Eaton ended up showing just how important playoff experience is, and they showed to be the more organized team. Pagosa had multiple opportunities to put away that game and get a big win in front of their home crowd, but Connor Davey put together a clutch drive for the second week in a row to put the Pirates away. It was great to experience a small-town playoff football environment, so this was my third favorite memory of the year. For my number two memory of the season, I got to go with Castleview taking care of business against Legend in Week 3 at home. This was my number two memory because I honestly did not have Castleview winning this one at all, but they came out and immediately set the tone with a long touchdown pass, and then they just shut it out on defense for the rest of the game. Jordan Ochoa and Jonathan Nieto Villa really showed out in this one, leading the Castleview defense to allow only seven points and give Legend their first loss of the season. Castleview gave me my first taste of true Colorado football, and how no one is ever truly guaranteed to win, despite what the stats may show. The Castleview crowd showed out in this one too, and that added to this being my second favorite memory of the season. For my number one memory of the season, I had to go with Evan Beaver connecting with Brian Carlson for a game-winning 39-yard touchdown on 4th and 19 against Elizabeth in round one of the 2A playoffs. For one thing, Moffitt County shouldn't have even been in that game the way Elizabeth jumped out to a 15-0 lead in their own house, but the Bulldogs still found a way to fight and get the upset win in round one. Evan Beaver actually had another clutch fourth and long touchdown in the fourth quarter that helped keep the Bulldogs' season alive, 
and then he hit this one a little bit later. Between the playoff environment and the insane comeback, this was by far the most electric game I attended the entire season. Truly an incredible performance and definitely my favorite memory of the season. I want to thank you all for listening this season and supporting this podcast. This was another amazing season of football here in the state of Colorado, and I am honored to be able to help cover it for you all. This is Gino checking out for the final time of the 2023 Colorado High School football season. Peace out. And thank you, Gino. If you don't know him now, you know that's kind of how he rolls is short and sweet, which is similar to our next ad here. Shout out Jesse and Junkyard Training. And then we'll be right back with Gideon's top five moments from the season and some honorable mentions. Obviously, you want a trainer who can make you stronger and faster with the work you put in, but what about a trainer who can help you rehab and recover like the pros? Look no further than Junkyard Training that not only offers specific strength and speed training, but also offers a plethora of recovery and rehab techniques like cryo, cupping, recovery boots, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting junkyardtraining.net or call 303 321-7594. Once again, visit junkyardtraining.net or call 303-521-7594 and get started today. Hello, beautiful people. This is Gideon. And if you're listening to this, you're here to hear about our top moments from the 2023 Colorado high school football season. And let me tell you, this was, uh, I mean, I know it's only my second season covering, but this was my favorite year of this. I mean, it was great to be able to expand upon my knowledge base, but all around, there was so much excitement, so much controversy, so much just insanity surrounding this season the different players the different personalities the different teams all just bouncing off of each other and i mean not even going to games but covering was so much fun this season because there was a lot of parity between each of the classifications you didn't know who was going to win like i got all, all almost all my championship picks wrong except Actually, no, I I did get them all wrong because I thought Holyoke was going to win 1A and then Lyman pulled it off again. So, ultimately, this season is too tough to just pick a top five. So I'm going to do the top five and four honorable mentions here, which I know is basically just a top nine. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that this is an easy decision for me because it's not. I have an easy number one and number two. But outside of that, it's really, really close. Um, so I am going to start this off with talking about my number five moment of the 2023 Colorado High School football season which was, I want to say this was week three or week four. Um, I This was my second time at Ray Patterson Field. And I just said to myself, listen, I told, uh, I told somebody over the offseason that had messaged us that I was going to go to a NIWA game. 
and I was trying to figure out, okay, what, what am I going to do here? Which one am I going to go to? And I ended up deciding, oh, Thompson Valley is pretty, pretty close. I think I'll go and try to figure that one out. And because Thompson Valley was a really good team as well. So figured it would be a worthy, a worthy shot. And so I head over down to Loveland and there's this, uh, I expected it was probably going to be a blowout if I'm being honest. Like I didn't think it was going to be that big. And then immediately I'm struck with Sergio Garcia. Now, Sergio Garcia, he, he's probably going to go under the radar since, I mean, Niwa ended up going 3-7. and seven. At the time, they were 3-1. and one. Um, But Garcia, he ended up having at least 50 receiving yards. He caught a pick, forced a fumble uh, that turned into a touchback in the end zone, ran back a 90-yard kickoff return touchdown, it, like... And all of this was in the first half. And at the end of the first half, I believe the score was 21-14, or 21-7. What ended up happening there was that Niwot, I mean, it was like (laughs) 7-7 with two minutes left, but Niwot kind of fumbled. I I mean, I think they literally did fumble. Uh, I'm kind of doing this off off the dome here, but honestly, it was just an insane game. And Sergio Garcia is the main guy that kept them in that. And so gotta give gotta give my props to Garcia there. At the number four spot, I'm gonna go with my first Roosevelt game here. And that's going to be Roosevelt versus Holy Family. Uh I went to this one, I <laughs> There was one guy uh, recently who's been arguing with us about if we thought that that we thought Holy Family wasn't going to win. But the thing is, I I had good reason to. I saw Holy Family lose. But this was a really, really close game. Roosevelt came out fighting. Bronco Hartson had his only sacks of the season, (laughs) which I thought was funny. Um... But really, great game from Bronco, great game from Xavier Ramirez, great game from Noah Lucero. Uh, Rylan Cooney went out, did his thing. Uh, uh, Dominic Gabriel, he was absolutely amazing. Seeing Cooper Bigelow in person was big. It, I mean, all around, it was just an insane game. And it came down to the wire, came down to that last drive. And it was really... Damn good time. I also had a shadow there. You guys may or may not hear her next year. But all around, that was just an insane matchup. And being able to see all those players in person for the first time, because I think that was like the second or third 3A game that I'd been to. And it was the first good game outside of Mountain Vista versus Ralston Valley that I had been to (laughs) at that point in the season. Which, from there, the game's like really improved in quality, but for the first, like, five weeks, I was going to all blowouts, (laughs) and I was like, damn, damn, (laughs) like, it was insane, Um, like, I mean, it was odd, but it was really, really fun, um, okay, uh, 
third place. I'm going to go with a girl's flag moment here. Uh, Arvada West against Pomona. Now, I know against Creek is like they won the championship. But Pomona was the most fun game of the bunch. Because I had seen Arvada West versus Pomona during the first tournament that I went to at Vista Peak Prep a few weeks prior. And then in the championship. But Pomona was the only team that came close to beating Arvada West in the regular season. So I went into that game thinking, okay, Arvada West and Pomona, this is going to be really, really close. Pomona's quarterback, I forget her name right now, but I really, really like her game. Uh, Sarah and, uh, yeah, Sarah Walker and and Sailor Swanson. Those names, the alliteration is insane there, but those two are absolute beasts, and I would not be, like, it... If if girl if women's flag football was an NCAA sport, they'd go D one. <laughs> um, but being able to be there for that championship, like I took a really good picture that I'm proud of of Sarah Walker hoisting the ho- hoisting the trophy, and it it was great. It was an an insane day. I was able to meet Justin Simmons, oddly enough. Um, but that's beside the point. Ultimately, that that Pomona game, I mean, heck, the whole day, but that Pomona game was the most exciting of the day because I got to see Arvada West just dominate a team they'd really struggled against earlier in the year. So that was a lot of fun. Next, at the number two spot, we have the duel between Roosevelt and Severance. Now, Roosevelt and Severance, uh, teams on the opposite end of being playoff teams, <laughs> which is the dumbest way I could have phrased that. Uh, Roosevelt was a playoff team, and Severance very much wasn't. At this point, we still thought Roosevelt was probably going to be like a top a top five team. They ended up being ninth. But this was their first real scare. Um, this was week nine. And so Simon came up from the Springs. We were able to catch up a little bit. But it really started slow for Roosevelt uh, quarter in the first quarter. It was pretty, pretty slow. Roosevelt only had one score in the second quarter. Severance battled back, and they were able to get to Brady Varney, who was absolutely insane in this one. Uh, then we had the in the third quarter, both teams scored, and it was even. And then in the fourth quarter, Jeremiah Hoffman gets that insane pass from his brother that that Jeremiah snatches out of the air, just like right out of the hands of the defender. It looked like it was going to be a pick, but Maya got it. And then they missed the PAT, <laughs> which I feel bad for laughing, but it's just, it, it is... Severance ended up going three and seven, and they were one, two. <laughs> they were two missed PATs away from from going five and five, but they were also, I mean, looking at the Mead game, they were also a few PATs short. I mean, the the problem in that game was that their kicker. Only went one for two on PATs. <laughs> so it makes it tough. But in any case, 
there it, it was a darn good game um what ended up happening after that point is that i think there were about 2 minutes left and roosevelt was marching up the field uh, brett varney had a really really good stop on bronco i think it was either a, yeah i think it was a pass deflection there and like they could get nothing like roosevelt could get nothing going except for on fourth down <laughs> Like, they couldn't do Jack on fourth down. Um, Ian Pennock, he was having himself a hell of a night. Uh, Jeremiah, it was great to finally see him in person and the effect he can have on, on a game. But then, on that, on that last offensive play for Roosevelt, I didn't, I thought it was going to be picked or deflected, but Bronco Hartson... He launches this thing in the air down the right sideline, straight to Noah Lucero, and I was and but the defender was right in Lucero's hip, so I was thinking to myself, okay, defender, he had his hand up, he had his hand up ready to deflect it, and Lucero Lucero pulls a Jeremiah Hoffman and just snatches that thing out of the air, just snatches the guy's soul out from his body and i'm like whoa whoa holy holy crap that's the moment that cemented lucero as the newcomer of the year for 3a followed by uh there was still like 30 seconds left so Jaden hoffman at, at one point had the, the final play of the game I believe Ian Pennock runs up the left, but he gets tackled, so he laterals it back to Jeremiah, who is one of the fastest players in the state. The problem is that Noah Lucero is a safety. Maya is streaking down the right side. It looks like he's almost going to do it. If he beats this one man, he has won the game. And Noah Lucero tackles him out at the 25. And I was just like, holy crap. This freshman, th this kid who cannot drive yet, just got a stop on one of the best players in the state. Holy crap. Um, so that's, that's my number two moment. Um, real quick before we get to number one, here are the honorable mentions. I know I said nine, but, or I know I said four honorable mentions, but then I thought of another. Uh, so, yeah. Um, number 10, uh, that is at the Region 4 Championship for Gold's Flag Football. Uh, I was watching the Van... It, it was the first time I realized, wait, Vanguard is the Vanguard School from Colorado Springs. The Vanguard School doesn't even have a men's football team. So seeing that they had a girls' flag team was really, really encouraging. It's good to know that Southern Colorado is getting more representation there. And yeah, it's good to see that uh, that they've got some talent because Bailey Fritzka, a really really qu good quarterback, I will die on that hill. I'm the only one of the four of us that's seen her. I will die on the hill that she was the second best quarterback I saw this season, behind Sailor Swanson. <laughs> um, so it was really a fun game to watch. Uh, they ended up losing against Denver South, but it, I think that if they had been matched up with anyone else in that first round, because Denver South was perfectly, like, it was the only team, like, capable of stopping, like, what they were doing that I saw that day. 
but Denver South wasn't a great team. Um, and apparently Vanguard had actually beat Columbine earlier in the season. So I do think the Coursers, if they had been in another part of the bracket, would have gone to state uh, and probably won a game there, having seen the talent they ended up being in state. Um, in the ninth spot, I'm going to go with the game between Monarch and Longmont. Mohai and Longmont is always, like, I, I've been to that matchup for two years in a row now. It's always a lot of fun. It comes down to the wire. It's always a shootout. Uh, Cole Gaddis is one of my favorite players I've seen live. Owen Mellish always impresses. Uh, being able to see Riley Montemayor in person was really, really good to be able to tell, okay, here's one of the top talents in the state moving forward uh, for next year, because he's only a junior. Uh, Joey Foote, he's always a good talent to see. Uh, he is, a, again, one of the top <laughs> offensive talents in the state, probably at least a high D2 on the receiving end. Um, Because I think right now he's at least as good as Owen Mellish, and Mellish is committed to mines. Um, and Foote has two more years. Then we have Colby Holmes, who is an amazing player to watch, one of the top kick returners in the state, one of the top quarterbacks in the state, capable of busting out for 400 total yards. I mean, all around, just a really, really fun game. Uh, number eight here, I am going to go with Hayden Jones against Thompson Valley, that whole game. Um, I don't know why Thompson Valley lets up large amounts of points and big moments against teams that they should really be beating by a lot. But Hayden Jones, just it, it felt like every third or fourth down, he'd pull something out of a hat and make something magical happen. And he's just a special player. I think, I'll say it again, I'll shout it from the rooftops, Discovery Canyon is going to be a top five team in 3A next year. Granted, this is before I know exactly what the reshuffle in the leagues is going to look like. I know Windsor's becoming 3A for some reason. But I think Discovery Canyon has a pretty darn good shot at making state next year. And Hayden Jones and Jude Shuhaida are, a, are huge reasons why. So that's my opinion on that. Um, number seven. I'm going to have Zay Neto, or Zay Nito, sorry Zay, uh, trying to break my legs. I know what you... No, nah, I'm just kidding. He, uh, during the game against Chatfield, uh, Zay, uh, there was a play where he went on the left sideline, which is where I happened to be standing, and he, like, crashed right into my legs and I fell over. <laughs> and, uh, like, it's... They say you don't work in sports until you've been hit, and that was the first time I've been hit. So, it, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I, I jostled him a little bit, uh... Yeah, I messed with him a little bit after the game, saying my shins hurt. They didn't really. I I made sure he knew that after I stopped interviewing him. Um, <laughs> uh, so on to the number six spot. Uh, it, it hurt me to leave this outside the top five, but since this was part of a blowout, I couldn't really include it. Um, number six, we have Tanner Gray against Timnath, uh, which... God damn, Tanner. <laughs> like, last year the game was pretty darn close. And this year it was 
close in the first quarter, <laughs> and then Tanner Gray just turned it on. Like, he ripped off that 48-yard touchdown, and I was just like, okay, this game's over. He He's not you can't stop him. And that's the game that really solidified to me that he's one of the top five athletes in the state. Like, I'm not just saying that. Like, he's one of the top five athletes in the state. Not like top five at his position, because he's not really a quarterback. He's a fullback. But he's one of the top five athletes in the state, in my opinion. Uh, He's... Like, combine the best parts of Matthias Price, or Matthias Price, and the best part of Dylan Herney, and you get Tanner Gray. Like, he is the size of Court Towns with the speed of Cole Gaddis. <laughs> like, it, it's insane. And so, that's that's the end of my, of my honorable mentions. I'm going to close this out with my number one moment from the Colorado high school football season in 2023. And that is Joel Lopez hitting the game winning field goal over Fossil Ridge to get Fort Collins their first one of the season to secure the Harmony Cup in Canvas Stadium. And I'm just going to get a little bit of backstory for you guys to describe to you like like what this meant to me cuz i don't exactly have the best history of getting things right <laughs> um but i will fully say i called it on Joel Lopez he's the real deal the first time i watched him was at the Fort Collins versus Columbine game uh, last year in 2022. And that was the only game last season where they allowed him to get defensive snaps. Before that, he was just special teams, but that was the first game they allowed him to get defensive snaps, and he got nine tackles against Columbine. And I was like, damn, 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 damn. That is insane. And then they didn't play him on defense again for the rest of the season. And, like, this kid's, like, 6'1", 180. I don't know... I didn't know why they didn't have him. Like, at at least, like, a linebacker or something. So I said to myself, okay. I'm gonna advocate for this kid. I'm gonna do what I can to, like, say this... Joel Lopez is special. Like, he's raw. But he's worth the investment. And... Then this year, I'm keeping up on him. At the end of the season, he was the only safety in 5A with over 100 tackles. The only one. But he was still kicking. He was still punting. And heading into that game, everyone thought it was going to be a blowout. Like, in the student media offices at CSU, I had to answer the question, which game should we pay more attention to multiple times? And I'll be honest, I didn't say Fort Collins versus Fossil Ridge because Fossil Ridge was like, I think they were like three and three at that point. And Fort Collins was (laughs) winless. And I thought to myself that there's no chance that Fort Collins wins this. But then we get into the game and 
Justin Cranford, Caden Sow, uh, Sounders, or Souders, excuse me, Mason Bandhauer, and Joel freaking Lopez. They were just out there messing up Fossil Ridge. Like, Fossil could not get anything done. <laughs> and it was one of the highest scoring games I went to this season. I believe it ended 34 to 31. Joel, he he ended up with 22 tackles. The guy who only had one game where he played defense his junior season, he got, he had 22 tackles against a, against a team who had a Tennessee commit on their offensive line, an SEC-level player. And I... I don't know. Like it, I called it. I said, listen, in my season preview, you can go back. And I said, listen, I don't know why this kid's not playing more defense. I don't know why, but you better get him out there more. Cause Columbine is a good team. Like, like straight up, they're a good team. And if you can get nine tackles against them, you can get nine tackles against anybody. And that's exactly what he did. Um, I... How do I put this? Like, But just seeing Fort Collins hang in there against a team like Fossil and then get to... I believe it was, it was the 24-yard line. Fort, uh, Fossil iced Joel on that first kick, but it still went through. And then he goes out there, trots out there, lines it up, and just bangs it down the middle. I mean, honestly, that is the culmination of everything great about high school athletics. Like, so many kids get a chance that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And to see the joy on the faces of those of those kids, like I couldn't. It was insane. Then it it was truly magical, is what it was. Seeing that game in that setting most of those kids are never going to play on a college field again uh, this is uh, they're doing a rotation with the canvas community classic so fossil ridge and fort collins won't be playing there uh, again for the next cycle so they'll be back in 2026 but then uh, pooter and rocky mountain won't be doing it so most of the players who played in that game will never play in canvas again Unless they go to CSU. But it was the last hurrah. And it meant so much to that community as well. So, honestly, when it comes to my number one moment of the 2023 Colorado High School football season, there is no other answer that fits at number one aside from Joel Lopez 
banging it down the middle to win against Fossil Ridge for Fort Collins, 34-31, as the time expired. So, you'll hear more from me over the summer. I'll, I'll be around, I'll be helping out with interviews, and I'll do what I can. But, for the 2023 season, this is Gideon signing off and passing the mic to whoever Cody is going to put in, in front of me. <laughs> All right. Stay hydrated. Stay safe. Don't die. And I'll catch y'all on the flip. Peace. And Gideon with some classic G-level storytelling, as well as some advice to help you get through the day. And if you want some advice on recruiting and what else you should do, go ahead and listen to this ad from our guy, Alex Wee, at Move the Sticks Virtual Film Academy and Recruiting Service. And thank you so much, Alex. He's been an awesome friend of the pod who I can't wait to actually meet in person someday and met through a mutual connection. And it's been awesome working with him and hearing his vision and goals and how he wants to help athletes. So go and hear that and then hear Simon's vision and recapping of his favorite moments from the 23 season. Allow me to introduce you to Move the Sticks Virtual Film Academy and Recruiting Services with Coach Wheat. Coach Wheat works through personable, one-on-one -on -one film sessions utilizing his experience as a high school, college, and professional football player to assess your level of play and help you develop into the next level player you are meant to be. With over 20 plus players on the next level, Coach Wheat's film sessions, college prospect assessments, recruiting consultations, and bundles will help prepare your prospect in a way that is both more personable and affordable than the competitors. Make it even more affordable using the promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. That is 15% off with promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. Visit the website or follow at Move the Sticks VFA on Instagram or reach out to Coach Wee at 561-961-8805 today. That's 561-961-8805. What's good, y'all? Coach V here, and I got you with my top five moments from this 2023 season here in Colorado. And there are definitely some good ones that I got to witness here. All the ones I'm going to talk about were things that I witnessed personally live and were super memorable to this season. I will say this, there were no playoff games really that stood out to me a whole ton. They're all kind of okay for the most part. The best one I watched was over live stream, which was no fun at all. Uh, but the others that I'm going to talk about here were all things that I was uh, witnessing in person and really stood out and you know this is also a great chance to kind of give some final thoughts on things but let's just go ahead and get started here going uh well starting in descending order here let's go ahead and start with my number five moment from the 2023 season let's go back in time here back to early I want to say it was September here. We had Greeley Central coming uh, down to the Springs to Cheyenne Mountain here. 
And this was a real memorable one for me because it's definitely a bit more personal. Uh, the Greeley Central quarterback, Chanel Trio, that's my guy. I've been watching him ball out since he was a sixth grader. He was a senior going into this one. And, you know, he had arguably one of his best games of his entire career going 8 of 15 for 121 yards, three touchdowns. Like two or three of those touchdowns were on fourth down, just gutsy throws and calls there. And just a big upset win, really, for Greeley Central there under that new coaching staff and really showed how bright this future can be moving forward and obviously love my guy Genoa man and this Greeley Central squad I've been rocking with a lot of them for a while here uh, also was the breakout game for Carlos Cardoza their talented running back who went off for 242 yards and a touchdown there Martin Mendoza also played really well with 77 yards and two touchdowns that was a good one that was one that I was not expecting them to win, to be honest with you. And, you know, I will give Shine Mountain some credit here because they did keep it relatively close uh, for a good amount of this game, I feel. You know, it was only 21-14 to 14 at half. And, you know, to their credit, they did have their starting quarterback, Bruce Archambault. And if they did... I feel like this game would have become an instant classic and it probably would be close to number one because I love Bruce's game and whatnot. But unfortunately, he was out for this game. And so it would have been number one if he played, obviously, but he did it. And so it's tough. But, you know, Shine Mountain, they have a lot of good players. That's still a good squad there. I mean, they may do with what they had. And, you know, I, I respected it. Unfortunately, it just was not their day, and this was kind of a big shock here uh, for Central to win. You know, this is a program I've covered for a little bit now, even though they've had some tough times, and so just happy to see them go out and go get a good win there. That's probably one of the ones that is the most heartfelt so far here on this list. Uh, well, I mean, it's at number five, but I think altogether, this is probably one of the most heartfelt uh, when looking at the ones ahead of it even as well. So definitely a little bit of an emotional connection here. But gotta love this game here. A nice little upset at the beginning of the season down here in the Springs. Now the next moment was a lot closer here. Uh, still in early September I want to say. And it's when I got to travel to Elizabeth. Which by the way is beautiful. Love the area. Uh, great facilities over there. And I got to see them play a tough university squad. And this was probably one of the first games I got to watch in the regular season. That I knew would, would probably be a playoff game. Or could be a playoff game here later on. And so a lot of things at stake in this game a lot of things at stake here elizabeth would end up winning this one 22 to 13 um not as close as it looks here but definitely still close enough where i thought maybe university would be able to come back into this one but a lot of great plays here in this game here um the biggest thing that really stood out to me was just the atmosphere. I mean, like I said, love Elizabeth over there. A great football atmosphere. You know, great crowd. Love seeing them get escorted out by those uh, motorcycles, which was awesome, iconic. And then you had a great game here. I mean, Cole Croson and company, they got things going here pretty quickly here. Croson not e didn't even have a bad game. That's their starting quarterback for university. Uh, he won 13 of 20 for 230 yards. One touchdown, one pick, though. Uh, the pick was like... A hundred yard long pick six, 
which was pretty tough. For Elizabeth, I mean, got to see their brand of football here. Gavin Garcia, Cooper Connolly, Cash Randall, who played extremely well. And honestly, the vibes were just really on point for this game. It was a beautiful day for football, man. And just got to see some great players duke it out in a game that was obviously meaningful to both squads. And so I really enjoyed being able to watch this one and hope that maybe I would be able to come back to watch them play in the playoffs. Unfortunately, I would not be able to. Gina would, and he really enjoyed Elizabeth as well. But, you know, for now, I really, really, really enjoyed going down there, seeing a great two-way matchup between two squads who, you know, at the time, we felt like could potentially make a run if things went their way. And so this was a real fun one altogether, a, a close one. Uh, I guess not as close as it looks, but, you know, it had its moments, especially at the beginning, that were super hyped. And this was a packed out crowd, too. So it was definitely electric in this stadium. And so just just can't talk enough about how on point the vibes were. They were they were awesome. And yeah, I mean, there you go there. My number four moment right there of the season, Elizabeth hosting university and beating them at home in what felt like was a big pivotal point in their season. Now, moving on to my number three moment of the season, it was Manitou Springs going to Woodland Park. I got to head up to Woodland Park for this one. And here, before before I talk about why it's my number three moment, I got to say this was arguably my worst moment of the season as well. Um, Suspect, to say the least, up at Woodland Park, the number of times I got stopped compared to other media up there you know, who aren't, you know, my skin color, real interesting, definitely real interesting, and made me extremely uncomfortable up there, uh, and definitely not only my, maybe the worst moment I've ever had this season, but probably the worst moment I've ever had covering Colorado high school football, period. Um, I don't appreciate getting discriminated against, and I definitely felt that way by Woodland Park, and so I'm gonna throw that out there. With that being said, this was a hell of a football game. This was a game that was good enough for me to not quit at halftime, even though I really wanted to and hated the vibes here. Uh, but, you know, this was a rivalry game here. Now, Manitou, they won up pretty early here. It was up 15-7. to Actually, let me just go ahead and fast forward here. They're up 24-13 to with three minutes left. And then things started getting a little busy here. Uh, you know, Woodland Park, they got a long touchdown pass. Where I want to say it wasn't that long. Maybe it was like 60, 70 yards. Uh, and it was just short. And that's Schoenberger, by the way, throwing it. And then they got a nice little touchdown to cap that off. And then they got the onside kick within those two or three minutes there. Which was obviously an absolute game changer. Because it went from a 24-19 game with two minutes left to a 24-19 game, or sorry, two minutes left with um, Manitou getting the ball, to a 24-19 game with Woodland Park with the ball, and not only did they have it, but they had it pretty deep into Manitou territory here, like they were almost in the red zone to start, and even then, Manitou Springs fought their butt off and played really well on offense, or on defense here, and it came down to the last couple of seconds here, um... I will always, jeez, man, this is so, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, but I'll always remember this, fourth down, game on the line, about 10 seconds left, so arguably the last play of the game here, Schoenberger drops back for Woodland Park, looks right, throws it quick here, a little fade route here to his receiver, 
and he not only catches it, but he toe taps it in before the defender could drive him out of bounds, or sorry, out of the end zone here, and it was just a beautiful play, a beautiful bang-bang play here, like, hey, I'm gonna throw this fade route, and you're gonna go get it, and we're gonna win this game, and that is exactly what they did to take the 25-24 lead there. Manitou would have a couple seconds here in Hail Mary attempts to potentially get a miracle of their own, but those would come up short here, and so, just arguably one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen covering Colorado high school football and probably the greatest game one of the greatest games in Woodland Park high school football history man I mean can't write it better down 24 to 13 with three minutes left like I said got that long touchdown or got that touchdown uh long pass and then a touchdown got the long onside kick which was which was just a huge mistake by Manitou Springs. Nobody fell on it. I guess they thought it rolled out of bounds and it didn't. And then, you know, they're in business. And even then, you know, Manitou held them down to a fourth down, I'm pretty sure there. And I want to say Braden Dowling made a big play somewhere in there as well to put them in that fourth down situation. And then just one of the most beautiful fade route throws and catches I've ever seen to win the game. Iconic, and the whole place went ballistic when they did it. It exploded. One of the loudest crowd pops I've ever heard in my entire life. So, obviously, a great game here. Now, if I didn't get discriminated and got unfairly treated, in my opinion, this would probably easily be the number one game, number one moment from this year. But, you know, a lot of things went wrong unfortunately in that one and so it is what it is but a great game nonetheless I have to acknowledge it because of how iconic it was you know just a small like you know little two-way matchup here Manitou going up the pass to Woodland Park and you know a lot of things at stake you know a lot of I should say interesting societal political social ideologies that battle not only in just this football game but outside of it if you know the politics you know what i'm trying to say there and so just a lot of things going on in this game that were absolutely crazy that added to the drama you know added to the drama and that's what makes great football sometimes so there you go there that's my number three moment could have been number one but it is what it is man in two springs going to woodland park and woodland park with the 11 point comeback in under two minutes to win that one sensational absolutely sensational all right now moving on to my number two moment here i'm gonna go ahead and cheat and say the girls high school flag football finals yes you heard it right the entire day that they had it, that entire tournament day it was the second one ever that is my second best moment here i feel like it's cheating to put it at number one so i didn't but easily right here at number two man and it was just great football, you know? I mean, myself, Cody, Giddy, and Gino all went to this thing. And it was just a really, really good time. Um, had a lot of fun, for sure. Saw a lot of great games. A lot of, oh man, just a lot of great storylines here. I love the number of first-year programs who came out and played here. Legend getting in there was awesome, obviously. Uh, Valor doing their thing. Cherry Creek watching them play was great. Probably my favorite game, though. I gotta say, my favorite game that I had to watch, or that I got to watch, was Ralston Valley versus Chatfield. I want to say in the quarterfinals there. 
and this was just an electric game. You know, it was just an electric game that came down to the wire here. A lot of big-time plays made in that last second there. Ralston Valley playing extremely well for a first-year program against the defending state champs in Chatfield. And for them to get that upset win was absolutely huge. And then, obviously, I think the big storyline here was seeing Arvada West win it all. You know, in the first year that we covered this, and obviously the first year of girls' high school flag football in Colorado, I saw Arvada West as the favorites to win state. And then they go to state, you know, playing extremely well, and they fall short, like literally maybe an inch or two short of winning it against Chatfield. I'll always remember getting that angle of that game, and that was heartbreaking. And so to see that team continue to work, to see Coach Lopez and uh, Sarah Walker and all of them, Sailor as well, do their thing, uh, was amazing because they really progressed from last year into this year. And I got to cover them all season too. And so it was just really special seeing them in the regular season, seeing them at regionals, seeing them at state, and then winning state, man. I mean, and they beat Cherry Creek to had some good players, but just weren't as experienced as Arvada West right there. That was special, you know. And we, I really felt like we got to see the emergence of, of the two next great Colorado high school football stars in Sarah Walker and Sailor Swanson, who were dynamic through these entire playoffs. And so that was awesome. You know, after the game, I always remember uh, talking to both Sailor and Sarah, uh, specifically Sarah, and being like, hey, you know, at the beginning of the, or in the regular season, I interviewed you, and I asked you what you were looking forward to most, and you said winning. I still got that. Shout out our guy, Mode Ford. That'll hopefully be coming out sometime soon here, man. But that was really special, just being able to talk to them. They're just great people, you know, great athletes, great kiddos over there. And so it was a real honor being able to cover them finally, um, or what felt like finally winning state, you know. And shout out Coach uh, Lopez, man, just a great dude. You know, he knows his stuff. And so it was really special just being able to see them climb that mountain again. Um, the only loss they had in these last two years was to Chatfield in that state championship, but obviously redeeming themselves here against Cherry Creek, that is huge too. And so that's definitely a special moment. I really enjoyed seeing the emergence of Sailor Swanson and Sarah Walker and potentially an Arvada West dynasty here in girls flag football right here in Colorado. And honestly, just seeing girls flag football here in Colorado, that was special. You know, this second year was very much improved, I would say. A lot of surprise teams out here. A lot of great teams and a lot of new teams as well. And so you got to see a lot of new talent out there. And I always think that was special. You know, just being able to see all these girls get out here and compete and play the sport at a really high level that honestly was lacking from some of the boys uh, when I got to watch them this season. Not all of them, but a good amount of them for sure. So really enjoyed that. And so that's why... The girls' flag football finals over at that Broncos facility is my number two moment from this 2023 season. All right, now my number one moment, though, from this last season was Roosevelt going to Severance here. This was your classic all-time 3A game. Just some great coaching, some great players, man. You really couldn't go wrong with it. And you got to see some guys really turn up for sure here. Now, this was such a close game. I mean, it was 7-7.5, seven, seven even going into 
I want to say in the fourth quarter, you know, it was tied 14-14 until X, uh, Xavier Ramirez of Roosevelt hit that touchdown run to make it 21-14. But, you know, right after that, Severance would reply back with a good number of plays here and tied up at 21-21. And then with about two minutes left, this is kind of where things got special. I'll always remember this play, Jaden Hoffman dropping back the senior, finds his brother Jeremiah Hoffman in the back of the end zone, a sensational catch by Jeremiah Hoffman here. No, Nothing that we didn't expect before, but just one of those catches that was like, man, this kid could play. Both of these kids could play, man. And for these two brothers to connect on this uh, play here, to go ahead and put Severance up, that was huge. The crowd went crazy when this happened, and I absolutely love that. But, you know, Roosevelt is Roosevelt. They ride for the brand over there. They're the defending state champs. And so you had to know that Bronco Hartson and company would find a way to win this game. And sure enough, it would end with Bronco finding uh, Noah Lucero in that right corner of the end zone in 101 for a huge touchdown pass there uh, with under a minute left of the fourth to win them that game. And that's just sensational. You know, coming from Bronco, man, he's had such a great year, uh, such a great career as well. You know, he did a great job. X was doing his thing. Noah Lucero kind of had a breakout game. I would say I would say he had a breakout game against Severance here, just making big plays. The last play here was a pretty gutsy one, one where they threw it to a receiver. He kind of got crowded, and then he pitched it backwards to Jeremiah Hoffman, and then he took off down the right sideline here. Almost scored, but was tracked down by Noah Lucero, who just got him out of bounds, pushed him out of bounds. And so that was obviously special. Obviously felt bad for Jeremiah Maya and uh, Jaden and all those guys over at Severance who have been watching these last couple years. But for Roosevelt to do that, that's big time. Because I've also been watching a lot of those Roosevelt players for a while now as well. And so um, the, the thing I really remembered, though, was after the game, you know, both sides were just great. Talked to the Hoffman brothers. They're awesome per usual. Talked to a number of other guys like Brady Varney for Severance as well. For Roosevelt, got to chop it up with Noah Lucero. Sarah, who looks to be the future with them, you know, obviously got to dap up Bronco and X over there, who are my guys, got to cover them last year, man, and so, um, just really special, you know, this was just a really special game, I will always stay on this, 3A football in Colorado is the best football in Colorado, and in my opinion, represents the state best, uh, just two great coaching staffs going at it, uh, two good coaching staffs going at it, and a lot of great players making plays down to the last minute, man, and this was kind of a chillier Friday night, but still a great night for football, it was my first time getting out there at Severance 2, and they have a beautiful stadium and field, and so just really got to enjoy that, and the vibes of this game were awesome, just absolutely, just absolutely awesome here, man, and yeah, I don't know if... I really don't think there's anything else that really topped it. Not even the playoff games or state games. This game between Sevens and Roosevelt was special. And so really enjoyed this one. And you know, <laughs> this was also a game that I had to drive up two hours and then drive back two hours for as well, I'm pretty sure. Or something like that. It, it was it was definitely exhausting, but absolutely worth it. That adrenaline that uh, this game provided me got me going through the night as I drove home. So, you know... That absolutely had to have been my top moment from this 2023 season. So, there you go there. 
once again, thank you to everyone who has supported us. And, you know, thank you to everyone who has not supported us. We still get your views and your interaction. You know, it's definitely been kind of a tougher season. We'll see what happens next season. And, you know, that's really all I got to say right now. So there you go there. But until then, I'll catch you later. And in other words, I got to echo Coach V here with still beat. And that is the case for a lot of the athletes from this next sponsor who we've had the pleasure of knowing for quite some time. We got to crown his protege, I suppose, his model running back here and his own kid, Bryce Vaz, as our number one running back in one of the senior classes. And Coach Vaz here is just a legend and his running backs produced all over the state this year, and I'm actually going to talk about it right after this ad break as one of his backs is in one of my top five moments. Catch you right after the break. So do you want to know what the best kept secret in running back training is? It's Mad Skills RB1 training. Coach Vaz is flipping the script and leveling up running back training in Colorado by implementing his proven nationally recognized system of training. Don't be fooled by the name. Quarterbacks and receivers become fundamentally sound juke artists as well with his training. It's evident the athletes he trains love him. Each progressive training session arms the athlete with a new skill set that prepares them to be shifty, powerful, and elusive. Parents love Coach Vaz because with his training, they receive free college recruiting tips, no contracts, and no drama. Message him on Instagram at madskills underscore RB1 training or at Coach Cut Creator on Twitter x for more information offseason runs from january through july so get in the cut and get some mad skills this offseason and now it's time for my story to tell once again thank you to all of our sponsors here for helping this season and helping alleviate some of the complete out-of-pocket pressure that uh, we've been running this show with for a few years i mean we're still definitely not in the positive so any and all support is much appreciated and if you're interested please contact us for next season. But let's go ahead and talk about some of my favorite moments here. I'll start at five, but I wanted to give a quick shout out to a few moments that just didn't make the cut, like the Littleton versus Arvada game that went into overtime and was just an absurd comeback by Arvada, a masterclass by Trevor Lucero and company, and just a great set of angles between the stands and going down to the field and just what an electric back and forth game that that was at LPS. And then Creek versus Zarapo was a really fun game. Got to see my alma mater, you know, put up one of the better fights against the Bruins this season. Charlie Eckhart snatched some crazy ankles. There were some crazy toe tap catches. And I got a call from my uncle afterwards telling me that he was going to be a dad. So that's always going to have a special moment in my heart. Got to talk to my guy, T.I., after the game, so that was awesome. And then got to see Kent Denver versus TCA with my guy, Coach V, here. And just what a monster performance by this Kent Denver offense that really just sent us into a frenzy here with just mossing after mossing after big play after big play that really had us really high on the Sun Devils heading into the postseason. And then the last honorable mention here was meeting the Delta boys that we've covered for a few years following their 2A state championship. Huge shout out to Tucker Johnson. Be on the lookout for, you know, top five senior position lists because there's going to be some interesting 
selections on those, so just stay tuned for that. But without all of that, with all of that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about my number five moment of the 2023 season. And that would have to be fairly early in the season when I hopped in my car. I left work early here and drove west, and then I drove west some more, and then I kept driving west until I found myself in Glenwood Springs here. I made my way out for a rivalry game between Rifle Colorado and Glenwood Springs. 3A versus 2A matchup. Huge matchup here early in the season for both these teams' strength of schedule. Both came into this game looking red hot here, and this game was super back and forth. But I think one thing that made it one of my favorite memories is the backdrop of the mountains from Glenwood Springs' field was honestly one of the most gorgeous views that I've had at a football stadium. And we constantly talk about stadium rankings, and we eventually do want to get around to that. But, I mean, Glenwood Springs is just such an awesome school and stadium to hang out at. The food was really good. The popcorn was top-notch, honestly. And, I mean, this game was brutal. It was physical. There were big plays on offense, defense. Joaquin Sandoval ripping off some big runs here, completing some deep passes on the other side of the football. Obviously, the 2A state runner-ups in rifle came to play. I was really just put into awe by Troy Mathias' performance and, you know, the likes of Logan Gross, who would go on to become our 2A most valuable playmaker. I mean, he put me on notice in that game. I knew that this Bears defense was something special, but that also didn't stop Mason Margovich from ripping off some big gains and playing some physical football. I mean, these teams were battling out on every single route, every single run, and I mean, this rifle defensive line was just absolutely monstrous, and Sandoval had to improvise all night, and after the game, after covering him for so many years from a distance, got to finally meet Joaquin, and I am so, so excited for his career and wishing him a ton of luck at the University of Wyoming. And Markovich, you already know we got your back, man, and he's an electric athlete who's going to be asked to do a lot for the Demons next season. And I mean, there's just so many guys that I could talk about in this game. But I think that for the full justice and a shout out to all the impactful playmakers of that game, go ahead and find episode 298. It is the week three Colorado high school football recap in 2023 here. Glenwood Springs rifle. There was a ton of highlights from that on our TikTok. So find that or anywhere you listen to podcasts, go ahead and listen to that full recap. And once again, shout out to all those guys for just putting on an awesome show and an awesome game. And it was really fun getting to meet the players afterwards. Like I said, Joaquin, who we've been covering for quite some time, Mason, those guys were awesome and some other demons as well. And then all of Rifle was super welcoming and excited that we made it out and the coach was just an absolute pleasure. So thank you guys for making that trip out west totally worth it. Now, this next moment here, number four, didn't have to travel as far, but man, was it a frenzied scene when I had shown up to the Lutheran versus Holy Family regular season game in Broomfield. This was an absolutely huge matchup to determine basically who would go on to win league in this 3A game. It was a huge seeding ranking here. And a lot of stakes were on the table 
between this Lutheran versus Holy Family matchup. And as the sideline reporter, the reason, the biggest reason why this is one of my top moments from the season was A, the crowds and stands were absolutely full. It was Holy Family's homecoming. This is probably the most important regular season game that they played, honestly, and it had a lot to do with the team that they would go on to be through the rest of the season and the postseason, and I think really showed that this Tigers team was starting to turn a corner here by out-dueling the high-octane Lutheran offense, and both these offenses decided to keep their foot on the gas anytime they had big gains, and I literally ran like over three miles this game because they both ran hurry up and I would have to sprint to get into the right camera position anytime there was a big play and I still probably missed some and I was running because it was it was cold so I was running in like a winter coat and heavy boots but I wouldn't want it any other way and it was a shootout through and through with a ton of players coming through making big plays from both sides and for the full justice of that Please double back to episode 302. That was the 2023 week seven recap here. But honestly, it gets my heart beating. A, kind of thinking about how much I was running during that game and how fast I had to sprint in boots, but also got my heart beating because, I mean, it was just as good a football as you could possibly hope for, honestly. And that was super awesome. And it gave me hope as well. And uh, hopefully we can see more matchups like that heading forward that's a bit more modern with a lot of great athletes making great plays. Now, this number three moment is a little bit of a cheat, and you've definitely heard it in this episode, but I gotta go with State for girls' flag football. I mean, just seeing how many more fantastic athletes made it out this season and how much more support there was and how many fields were running as well was just really a dream come true, honestly, and it really inspired a lot of hope for me to, you know, think that Chassa will sanction girls' flag football. It was awesome getting to talk to these players after the games, put together all these crazy highlight clips with one-handed interceptions and great juke spins, fantastic catches, deep passes. I mean, this tournament had it all with a ton of juggernauts feasting and lots of fantastic playmakers here. And with last year's state runner-up clutching it up here in crazy ways and watching a pair of juniors lift one of the, I mean, it's got to be one of the most recent trophies that Arvada West has won in quite some time here and bringing greatness back to the Wildcats here. And it was awesome to see, you know, the coach finally get everything that he was looking for and, you know, put all the hard work that he'd been putting in to use or you know not to use but for being rewarded for it is a better way to put it and I know that these young women worked really really hard and you know it was nice to see a little bit of a get back honestly for this squad so that was awesome to to witness and that full recap is on episode 305 the 2023 Colorado girls flag football state tournament recap Obviously, where we recap so many games and have so many great opportunities to talk about the big plays. I know it's kind of cheating because it's a whole day, a little bit more than a moment, but this will be a very integral moment, or I would hope that it is a very critical turning point and moment in 
Colorado football history as the sport of flag, especially for girls and women, continues to grow. If you really liked our coverage on that, by the way, stay tuned for the spring and February where we start previewing women's flag football teams. Now, on to my number two moment. Now, this is partially a Colorado football moment, but it's also kind of a Cody Stoffer moment because it was my birthday. It was a Thursday night, and myself and Coach V went on down to Grandview's house, who is hosting Arapaho in a major Centennial League matchup here. And this game was a wild one, to say the least, with tons of playmakers on both sides of the football. This game really increased my Brendan Crisp or Crispy stock. That tackle for Rappo, who's just a major behemoth. It also impressed me to see what Nkongla Wakalunji could do. And Liam Zarka obviously put on a show for us with Zaydito almost taking us out on the sidelines. He wouldn't take me out getting this sweet angle that I got, which you could check out on TikTok. But he would later take out uh, Gideon, who, I mean, persevered and got the job done that night. But uh, yeah, he's kind of got a target for the PMC guys on the sidelines. It may be because we say some controversial stuff. I don't know. We'd have to ask him next time we see him. But I mean, it was an important game. It's a game that, you know, in the past I had been used to Arapo maybe not completing the job that, you know, I was hoping that they would. And this team watching, you know, some of my staff accomplish what they did that night on the road and watching Trajan Frazier rip off big plays. Carter Neely was having himself a game. Moynihan went off in this game, showing great touch on multiple deep passes to really, I mean, not only pull ahead, but eventually pull away indefinitely here from Grandview. And I mean, this Warriors offensive line just put the Wolves in a vice down the stretch. And Arapaho won a conference or a league game on my birthday. So happy birthday to me from Arapaho High School and the Warriors football team. And uh, I got to see it with Coach V as well. So, you know, it made taking notes and whatnot a little bit easier, which for the full recap of that game, head on over once again to episode 302, a very active weekend and a very fulfilling birthday weekend for myself here. I mean, there was just a lot going on and kind of crazy to think that that weekend I got to see Three of my top five moments being that high game on that Friday night, being the girls flag football tournament on Saturday, and the Arapaho game on Thursday. So what do you know? Three of my favorite 2023 moments come during the weekend where I ascend to year 25, level 25. So thank you, Colorado football, for wrapping up a nice bow for me on my birthday. Ha ha. Now I'm old and miserable, so. (laughs) But anyways, I digress. It's time for me to finally talk about my number one moment from the 2023 Colorado football season. And that has got to be Blake Barnett receiving that trophy, running over, ah, running's a strong word, hopping over on one foot with his bum ankle to the stands, climbing the bench, and raising his arms to the city of Erie that came out and showed massive support for the Tigers here. 
and Barnett. This was a four-year journey. This was the hero's journey, and he showed a lot to me this game, and I think that the reason that this is my favorite moment is it silenced a lot of the questions that I had, and it was like watching... It was like watching someone grow up in real time. I mean, no joke, not only in manner and conduct, but in the game of football. And I think that it was just beautiful to watch, honestly, as somebody who I keep talking about this and I should probably chill out with it. It's becoming my Coach V equivalent of him talking about getting hurdled by Kyler Murray. This is my moment of, you know, coaching against Blake Barnett and just watching him absolutely kill the team that I was up in the box for in his debut of high school football. And so to watch him that season, the Tigers definitely get, you know, kind of cheated out of a playoff spot because of the COVID or the coronavirus, you know, which was a bummer, you know, and a tough season to play through. Honestly, it really was with limited games and even more limited playoff spots. So that was wild. And then his sophomore year, watching him win our Most Valuable Playmaker Award in 4A with like 50 touchdowns or something absurd, plus even, and taking this dynamic and loaded Erie team featuring the likes of eventual K-State commit John Pastor, eventual Unco walk-on Caleb Tyson, and so many others from that squad to the state championship where they lose a heartbreaker and Barnett plays an erratic game against Chatfield and, you know, after that, he definitely goes, puts in some work in the offseason, puts on some size as well, and continues to be a great playmaker in his junior year, but not without a road, a bumpy road, I should say. They start off the season like it was either one and three or two and three, maybe even two and four. It was a tough start to the season for the Tigers, who played multiple playoff teams early, but then they rattled off a ton of wins. Did not get a first-round buy, but did absolutely clobber an Air Academy team, you know, in that opening round. And then went on the road to Ponderosa and had a comeback in that game. Eventually going on to face Broomfield in the semifinals. And Barnett, another heartbreaking moment for this kid. I mean, fumbling on just like the inch-yard line with a chance to go to state. And I mean, if that Erie team wins that game. I think that they win state against Loveland as well. So to watch his team go to Vanguard, play against some national competition in Florida, come out with an L, but come out stormed or, you know, come out battle tested and come back to Colorado and not lose a single game after that and root to the two seed and win some tough and close playoff games and route to the state championship where they were not favored, you know, the two seed for this, the one seed, but Erie and Blake Barnett in this game, it wasn't rah-rah, it wasn't crazy, it wasn't, you know, arrogant or anything like that. Barnett was calculated, collected, mature, and most importantly, a killer. But this time, a silent killer, not a bodacious one. And that really just made me smile. You know, I feel like we had some questions about his play during his time here. And now he's somebody who's going to be one of the first athletes to, you know be in the top five senior positions of multiple positions here in Colorado. And he's somebody who broke Christian McCaffrey's all-time touchdown record. And I think definitely has a place in the PMC Hall of Fame. And it just really makes me smile. And it makes my heart warm to watch Barnett, 
you know, come full circle and really go through a lot of character development over these past few seasons. And no, I'm not talking TV, but you would think this is a reality show the way that he had the storybook ending here. So my top five moments, once again, from the 23 season was Glenwood Springs versus Rifle, Lutheran traveling up to Broomfield to lose in a close shootout to Holy Family, the Girls Flag Football State Tournament, Arapaho, my alma mater, beating Grandview on my birthday featuring Coach V, which was really close to being my number one spot, but I decided to make it a little bit less about me, still a little about me, but a little less about me and just talk about one of the most prominent figures in Colorado high school football history, doing his thing and being rewarded with a ring on his way out. And that'll do it for the 2023 Colorado High School football season. Thank you everyone who has shown us support, shared us with your friends, family, teammates, coaches, ex-coaches, whatever, scouts, what have you. Please continue to share us through any form of social media, whether that be at Playmakers Corner on Instagram, at Playmaker Corner on X slash Twitter, at Playmakers Corner, where we've made dope highlight reels for you guys on TikTok, and then we're also on Facebook for your family members, obviously Playmakers Corner, two separate words, with that Playmakers being possessive, just like we also are of trying to get you guys to subscribe, like, follow, turn on notifications for anywhere you listen to podcasts, be that YouTube, where we post all of our episodes, be that Apple podcast, be that Spotify, be that Google podcast. We appreciate all of the support that you guys have for us. And we also appreciate the interaction of maybe some people that aren't huge fans, but uh, you know what? You're still following, so still be. Um, so I just had to throw out a little shot there. But, you know, Colorado football this season was a bit bumpier than uh, most that we've covered, but fun nonetheless. So thank you guys so much. And thank you to our sponsors, Please go ahead and check all of those guys out. They're going to be tagged on this cover as well. So without further ado, vamanos for the 2023 season. And we will catch y'all on the flip. Be sure to stay tuned for plenty of more content like our top five seniors by position series and even more come our national season.